Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. This is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern for about a half hour, and then it's available for a replay. It's also available on a whole bunch of different podcast outlets if you want to just listen to the audio. It's a program that we based on the book that we wrote now many years ago. It's called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And that was our way of compiling everything that we learned through doing facilitating pet loss support groups for many years. Many years indeed, in fact, Nancy, 30 plus years, me going on 12 or 13 years at this point. And this, what we're doing right now allows us to extend our reach and it allows mm -hmm. us to have a discussion with you. And so we invite you to write to us and share your stories. A lot of what we do on the program is to is to read some of the stories that we get about people's experiences and then give some commentary mm -hmm. on those on those communications. And you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. And when you write to us, let us know if it's okay for us to share what you've sent to us, share it with our audience. And also you can let us know that you think we should talk about specific topics or that you would like to recommend particular guests. Those kinds of suggestions are also really helpful. You can support our work on this program through Venmo, through PayPal, through a monthly description. These options are in the description underneath the, the video or the audio. And we always say this to let people know, and we certainly appreciate it if you provide us some support. We're not it's asking not. you to do that if it's way outside your, your limits. We actually do this program more as a labor of love. It's just something to give into the community and provide support. But certainly we appreciate it if you can, mm -hmm. if you can give us some support. And also this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's a wonderful program and you can learn more about them at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. All of this information is in the description. Dakin sponsors a monthly Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate. It is generally the second Tuesday of every month. And so it falls this month on the 14th, Valentine's Day, from 6 p.m. Eastern <laughs> to uh, to 7.30 p.m. And it is free. It is cost-free. It is available to anybody across the world, actually. We've had people from across the U.S. and across the world. And there's an RSVP link in the description. So I invite you to join us for our conversation on February 14th. And finally, I'd like to ask if you find this program helpful that you subscribe on YouTube because if you press the subscribe button on YouTube, it increases the standing of the program in the algorithm that alerts others who are looking for support for their own loss that this program is helpful to others. And so please consider doing that if you find the program helpful. And Nancy, uh, I think that's all that I have as an opening. I do have one thing to add, though. Um, 
if you share a story with us and you don't want it to be shared with others, that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Because in some cases, it's such a individual and intimate you know, story that it's okay, please. It's if, if you would rather us talk to you through email, was we do respond, um, but we don't have to share it online. Even though we know that writing is really helpful, but then writing and also sharing can be helpful, but it really is at your discretion. So tonight we have two stories that we're going to be sharing. And I mean, they're, they're similar and kind to others we have done, but the, the premise is our companion animals get us through a lot in our lives, right? So I'm going to read Maggie's story from Megan, her pet, her pet mom. Um, this came in, uh, I guess, between Thanksgiving and Christmas at the end of last year, I believe. Yep. Um, but I'm going to read it, and we will talk about um, this beautiful little basset hound. Dear, uh, good evening, Ken and Nancy. I discovered sweet little sweet pea. Um, I discovered your podcast while searching for some resources on grief and how it relates to pet loss, as we recently had to say goodbye to our dear Basset Hound Maggie. Like many others have mentioned, I found comfort in hearing the stories of others who have lost a pet and are navigating the grief that comes with it. Because of this, I wanted to also share a story in hopes that it may help someone else. Please feel free to share. Maggie came into our lives in December of 2017 after my husband and I had been fostering for a local hound rescue for a little over a year. We learned that Maggie, who was seven years old, was an owner surrender and needed a foster home, so we took her in with open arms. As soon as we got home with her, she crawled up in my husband's lap and made herself at home. It was at that moment that we knew we had foster failed and would be adopting her. She was the sweetest, happiest dog who stole everyone's hearts the moment they met her. She loved going on walks and smelling all the plants along the way. She also loved naps on the couch amongst all the pillows she could find to lay on. Maggie especially bonded with me and was always close by no matter what I was doing. When I switched to working from home full-time during the pandemic, she would spend the day in my office with me, either sleeping on the guest bed or under my desk near my feet. Because Maggie was an owner surrendered to the rescue, we received a letter from the owners and learned that she had some issues with urinary tract infections, which sadly plagued her throughout her short time with us. In 2019, she had a vulvoplasty, procedure. And then in April 2020, she had a biopsy taken of her bladder where it was determined that she had major inflammation in the lining of her bladder, thus causing the frequent infections. Our vet suggested giving her anti-inflammatory injections to try to help. So we did this every three to four weeks up until right before she passed. We also started taking Maggie to a holistic vet for acupuncture once per month and tried traditional Chinese medicine. This gave her some relief for several months, but by the end of 2020, we were back at the vet on a regular basis. We tried different antibiotics after having her urine cultured. They would work for a while until they didn't. We were all at a loss on finding a long-term treatment, but continued to take her in when we noticed the familiar signs of a UTI. 
We became well-known at the clinic, and she was a favorite among the techs. I say all this to give you an idea of what Maggie was going through over the years, yet you would never know that she didn't feel well. Maggie was always so happy and loving towards everyone and never acted like she was sick. This past summer, we took Maggie in to have her anal glands expressed, another thing she had issues with, when the vet discovered a small lump in the right gland. They explained the surgery was an option, but were concerned that if it was cancerous, that they may not be able to remove it all or that it may have already spread to other parts of her body. We noticed that Maggie, who was 11 years old at this point, had really started to slow down. She seemed more lethargic and just not as bubbly as usual, so we were a little hesitant to do surgery. Would she be able to handle the anesthesia? Big question. Would she be able to handle the recovery? Not to mention the fact that she wasn't in the best health due to her chronic UTIs. Ultimately, we opted to monitor the lump, but we're aware that it was most likely cancer. In August of 2022, we took Maggie in for another checkup, and also uh, because we noticed she was panting a lot more than normal. She was treated for a bronchitis, but a follow-up visit a month later showed she had a few nodules in one of her lungs, which were most likely metastasized from the lumps they had discovered earlier. At this point, our vet considered Maggie to be in hospice and to keep her as comfortable as possible. We continued to cherish our time with her. We brought her along when we were out and about, took her on walks so she could smell her favorite smells, took her to different hound meetups. She was doing great, but unfortunately, things took a turn right after Thanksgiving. We noticed she was coughing a lot more and couldn't seem to fully clear her lungs. We checked in with our vet, who suggested we start giving her some prednisone, but they would also fill an antibiotic that would be ready the next day. Within a few hours of speaking with a vet, it became too much for her. In the middle of the night, her breathing had changed to very rapid, short breaths, and she was very uncomfortable. We took her into the bed as soon as they opened, and they confirmed that her left lung was not functioning at full capacity, and she just was in a lot of pain overall. You couldn't touch her abdomen without her recoiling when normally she would gladly accept belly rubs. As much as we were not ready to let her go, we could see the pain in her eyes and made the difficult decision to say goodbye to her that afternoon, which was November 29th. Guilt seems to be a common topic in pet loss, and I felt that more often than not. I constantly wonder, did we do enough for her over the years? Should we have tried to find a specialist for all of her UTI issues? She was so strong and resilient. Maybe she would have done okay with the surgery and possibly chemotherapy. There are so many questions that we will never know the answers to, but I try to not let myself be consumed by them. I know we did so much for her over the years, but I can't help but feel that maybe it just wasn't enough. My heart breaks for our other Basset Hound Ernie, who we adopted in early 2021, as he is still learning to be an only dog. Maggie was like his mom, and he loved her so much. I look at pictures and remember all of the happy times with her. When the pandemic hit and we had to spend more time at home, she was right there by my side the entire time. I truly believe that Maggie was my sole dog or my familiar, and I will always feel her with me. Each day is getting better, but I still have moments where I miss her immensely. I know that this is part of grief and just to allow it to happen rather than try to push it away. Thank you for all you do with your work on pet loss. It is such an important topic, and 
here are the pictures. Take care and Merry Christmas. So well, here's Ernie and Maggie. I know. <laughs> They're really so cute. cute. They're just so cute, right? <laughs> so here again, we have somebody who did all everything. I mean, acupuncture, all perfect yeah. Chinese medicine, right? All of yeah. the holistic and, and taking care of this little girl um, and, and all the vet, you know, visits and all the medications. And yet, yes, we still feel. It, it's something, know. it's always, it always strikes me that in the, in the moment that things are happening. So, for example, when they're having to decide, are we going to have this kind of surgery or that kind of surgery? Are we going to have an anal, you know, the anal gland surgically removed? Or, there's undoubtedly very, very de deliberate discussions about that and consultations with the veterinarian or with a specialist. And a solid decision is made. And yet, when we face the loss, we 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 revisit those decisions in yeah. a way that is so troubling. That's right. And it, there's something about our disbelief in the just the powers of things way outside our control that makes it so that we have to go back and re and revisit all of that. Yeah. I mean, we all do that. We all uh, very few people escape that. And I, I'm, I think it's great that, that Maggie, that Maggie, no, that Megan is, is debating with herself and, and saying, you know, right. I feel this guilt, but I, I, I know that we did all that we could. really right. could. It's like this, this weird churning that we always seem to do. And I really want to bring up elderly dogs that have issues with anesthesia. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, we're struggling with that right now yeah. with Jack and or Ellie, who are older older dogs that have issues. And, and Ellie was at the vet today, and she has really some significant digestive issues. Mm -hmm. And the vet said, well, did we ever get a biopsy, right? Mm -hmm. So to do a biopsy, they would yeah. have to, you know, use anesthesia, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, my husband and I are like, you know, is that going to be, okay? how is that going to be okay? First of all, she's a Frenchie, so she, that that's, that's difficult, right? Break us the for you, right? Um, and so is she, would she make it through the, the, yeah. the biopsy? Um, she is, we think she's, we've had her 10 years. We don't know. She was a rescue. She could be 11. She could be 12. She's, and she's had, you know, she's paraplegic. I mean, she has issues. And I think I, I understand what Megan is saying. I mean, do you put, do you take that risk, you know, to put them under, right? To, yes, see what's happening. And if you see what's happening, that might be helpful. Or though you may find out that, you know, it is much worse than you anticipated. So, but I wanted to bring that up because I think that that's a really hard decision. It, it, it is. A, we, we've faced it with our chihuahuas, you know, their teeth tend to deteriorate as they get older. And one of them, Isabel, when by the time she died, she only had one molar in her mouth. And then Abigail, we, we did not have surgery 
we did not have dental surgery done because she was so late. She was like 15 years old when yeah. it was recommended that it was sort of a question. Should we? And we were like, she's just, no. and you know, the, the question always was, is she in pain? And no, she's not really in pain, but you never know what could happen in terms of infections and whatnot. And, and so we, we had kind of rode along with that, getting consultation whenever she was seen by the vet. Right. But we ultimately decided not to do it. We have a relative right now. It's a 14-year-old little little terrier who they're made, they're they're not getting this. They're not getting surgery because it's just it's just probably not safe. You never know. You don't want them to expire because of the anesthesia. We've heard right. that story. And and again, it's a crapshoot. Sometimes you you're told that it's it's probably very certain that your dog is going to survive. And so you have it done and And maybe they don't survive. Uh, And then they don't, right. It could go either way. Even even with a younger dog. I mean, we don't, you know, anesthesia can be very difficult. People people and animals can have adverse reactions that are not predictable at all. So uh, always we make the best decision we can with the information at hand, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. With our veterinarians and our families. Yep. And, you know, because their, their lives are in our hands to some degree, right? Absolutely. They're, well, we're, we're responsible for their everything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we really want to thank uh, Megan, Megan. For, yeah, for, you know, giving us this beautiful story about her, Maggie. So we'll go, we'll go on and we'll share a story that was brought to us by Jana. And Jana is Deanna's mom. Mm-hmm. And it's Deanna's dog, Diesel, who the story is about. And so I'll read her their story and we'll, we'll have a bit of a, a, a time to talk sure. about it as well. Uh, Dear Mr. Dolan Del Vecchio, I watched her YouTube Pat Loss Support Group video last Thursday, which she means this podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. Either that or she, yeah, it had to be a, a podcast because we don't videotape the support group. My daughter, Deanna, lost her companion last Saturday. She gave permission to share her story. And here is Deanna's story. He was my best friend. He got me through the worst times of my life, from being homeless, freezing outside in the winter, not knowing if we're going to make it or how, to being physically abused every day, every other day, and unable to get away because my boyfriend would track me down using all of his resources to find me and intimidate my friends or threatened that he'd hurt them. Diesel was my number one fan, and I was his number one fan. Diesel reminded me how good life can be. I always said that he was my motivation to stay clean and want to get healthy and cut out the bad friends and bad food. He helped helped me through the breakups, cheating boyfriends, helped me through friends that I lost to death, rest in peace. But we would get into fun adventures together and he would have my back and I would always have have his. I remember a friend that had a big ego offered to walk Diesel, but I forgot to tell him how Diesel plays tug of war with his leash if anyone but me is holding the leash. My friend was outside with Diesel for about two minutes before coming back inside, holding his arm and moving his arm in a circle because he thought Diesel might have dislocated his shoulder from playing tug of war and whipping his head back and forth so hard to rip the leash out of his hand. Diesel's signature move. Finishing move. I imagine. 
<laughs> I turned to look at Diesel, and he had the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> he looked really proud of himself, and I was dying laughing. Diesel pretending to limp so he'd get love and my attention. I was so worried, but Mom had come over, and Diesel ran to her, and his leg was magically healed. He should have gotten an Oscar for that performance. Or he'd steal somebody's hat and have them chase him around. Or he'd steal the whole 24-pack of beer that my roommates had just gotten in Wakefield. They would leave the box with beer on the floor, and Diesel would sneak over, check it out, and slowly drag it away. So much that I needed to, I decided he needed an intervention and planned one with some of his close friends who had witnessed this. Or the puppy classes we took him to, but he kept getting bullied. He flunked out of canine training school for beginners class because he wouldn't stay when I walked away. Now that I think of it, I'll take the blame for that because <laughs> off leash, he wasn't allowed to go too far. So he thought the rules should apply for me as well. Smart boy. Or how he took an entire summer to learn how to swim. I taught him how to swim. I love Diesel unconditionally. My life will never be the same. I wish I had more time with him. I think if he didn't get cancer, then I would have had him be so healthy that he would be in the Guinness World Records for being the oldest, happiest, and healthiest dog to live. That's what we all want, right? Of That's course. We, we all want that. I don't know how or what to do with him gone. After being out doing errands with mom, I come back and walk into an empty room and I get flashbacks of when he would be sleeping in my bed and wake up slowly with his lips stuck so or get up so fast he'd be dizzy and be so excited to see me and we would go outside for our walks. This is the hardest part of the day. I break down every time and cry for so long sometimes until I fall asleep. I don't remember the last time I went for a walk or exercised. I wish he was in my arms again, healthy and happy. Last night was so terrible to, his last night, I'm sorry, was so terrible to watch. I felt completely helpless and alone. I tried for almost two hours to revive him and breathing for him until I was blue, but his nose airway was blocked. The vet on the phone said to put my oxygen tank tube down his throat, so I did shaking my head. I love you, Diesel, with all my heart. And thank you, Mom and Eva, for your help and support. I couldn't do this without you. I love you, girls. I'm going to try to lay down now. Good night and sweet dreams. So she'd actually written this, it sounds like, to her mom. Yeah. And then her mom thought it was so poignant that she thought it might be helpful to, to, share. Other people to share with others as well. I mean, that says a lot about the bond, Yep. And yep. how important the diesel was to her life and all of the really difficult challenges that she had. So we've heard this kind of story. And thank you, Jana and Deanna yeah. in particular, yes. for, for sharing this story because your forthrightness, your honesty is so moving. And, and we have heard this story that people go through these extreme circumstances, yes, being homeless and fighting with all kinds of conflicts in their lives and Sounds like struggling with with uh, perhaps addiction and, and all mental health issues. Mental I mean, health so issues. many, and, so many things. And to say that this relationship saved me, Sick. and she undoubtedly gave Diesel a brilliant life. Mm -hmm. So she saved Diesel, and Diesel saved her. Saved her. her. 
and uh, kept them through the, you know, kept her going through the worst of times. It sounds like she's in a much better situation now. It's, it's amazing the power of that relationships. Relationship. And, and here we have her at the very end doing everything she possibly can to save her friend. Yeah. And and we just can't when, you know, they get, we get to a point and we, we see this, we, we, we've had to say this to, to people in group meetings, you know, life ends yes. no matter how hard we try to give care that will sustain mm-hmm. our beloved friend's life. It's just outside of our reach. It's outside of our power. And which makes it, you know, so much more difficult because they don't live long enough, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, their lifespan is not ours. And he was such an important being in her soul and her life. Yeah. He was hurt. He was a dear, dear companion. Yeah. yeah. And so that what we hear also, what Deanna's saying is so very common that like, I don't go on walks now. Yeah, I'm not sure I don't do those. Myself. I come into the to empty the house and it feels so empty. And so we hope that it's now been a little bit of time. And yeah, we hope that Deanna is doing better. I mean, mid December. So yeah, we hope we hope she is. But that was such a raw and and emotional, right? Um, letter that yeah. she wrote, right? Yeah. Um, and we have to get, like you said, Ken, um, it was, it's important that we give her that credit to be able to share those, those kind of intimate feelings about her life and what, and how Diesel helped her. And, and one of the things she says, and, and she thanks them directly, her mom and Eva, and they sound like her mom is obviously really close to her. It sounds like Eva is very, very close to her too, that she's recognizing that other people, that other important people in her life are crucial to help her. And this is so important in most people's lives when they lose a dear animal companion. You know, we need each other in these circumstances. We need the love and support and respect of those who are closest to us. And it's just wonderful that she's thanking them. And we also thank uh, Jana and Deanna, but also people that don't have anybody. We want to emphasize that there are supports online. Yep. You can certainly access a therapist. Um, if anyone has issues out there, please write to us. Yeah. You know, I've helped people find a therapist in different states. I may not be able to do that in Europe so much, but I can do it in different states yep. um, because you don't have to be alone with this. And there are, on, as you said, there's online supports. There's yep. the meeting that I facilitate. There are others mm-hmm. of that sort. There are databases where you can post exchanges and mm-hmm. all of those things are very important and very, very helpful. People get support in different ways. Some people will read. Some people mm-hmm. will want to listen to podcasts or see videos. Some people will listen to music to, that's really soothing right? for them. Or go to or find a group. Yeah. Um, or yes, or do an artistic, you know, kind of creation. But but the, some human contact of some sort, even if it's online, yep. you know, yep. is really helpful. Because there are a lot of people out there that are alone and then their animal dies and then they have no one that they're they're with so we just want to reiterate that there are people out there that that will help them that are there are resources and support 
us. We have a couple of a couple of notes that I'll, I'll show. One is here from Maggles Waggles. Oh, that's so, love it. Love <laughs> Thank it. you for doing these videos. I just recently lost my 13-year-old girl to cancer. I'm taking it day by day. Well, thank you, Maggles Waggles. And yes. we see a picture of this beautiful dog. Beautiful baby. <laughs> and, yes. and then we have Janice. Do you know her? No. No. But, but she's, been, she's in my state. So. <laughs> so nice to have you with us, Janice. And as we close, I want to remind you again, if, if you could subscribe on YouTube, that will help other people find this, this program. And so if you find it useful and you subscribe, it will alert more people to to its value as well. So thank you if you're able to do that. So we really appreciate our time with everyone out there. Yes, thank you. Thank you to Megan and Deanna and Jana for right. sharing with us today. And we will talk to you next week. <laughs>